Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the season one finale of Quarry, the after show here on AfterBuzz TV. We have Tyson Sullivan, who plays Pruitt, so stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. All good things come to an end. Um, hopefully not forever, but at least for season one. Um, we say goodbye to Quarry. Uh, and we've already said goodbye to Lucretia, our other co-host, because that yeah, last episode was hers. But Courtney makes a return. <laughs> Courtney Henderson, welcome back. I feel like a guest at this point. <laughs> Why? Well, I mean, it's just been so long. But uh, People no, love it's, you. It's good to be back. Um, it's been hard to watch and not get to talk about it with my co-hosts here. So, um, yeah, Courtney Henderson. You can find me, of course, on Instagram and Twitter at Cohen, C-O-U-H-E-N. And our special guest for the night, Tyson Sullivan. Welcome, sir. Thank you, man. Better known as Pruitt. Yeah. The yeah. kind of fuck up, at least in James's eyes. Yeah, yeah. Thurston uh, say. his favorite. No, <laughs> no, you weren't. <laughs> Not a good character. So much happened. Um, I can't believe this episode. I, I and um, we we initially opened up ten months earlier, and I thought for the, I thought, I was like, oh no, they're gonna go do this, where we're gonna spend time in Vietnam for at least half the episode, we're gonna forget about it, then we go back to present tense, but they really mixed it nicely. Mm-hmm. So kudos. That's cool. Um, what about, Courtney, for you, what was your overall impression of the episode? Uh, well, I turned away quite a few times. <laughs> you um, did. There, there were, I mean, we kind of said just before coming on air, Things don't really end well for anyone. No, they so don't. there was a lot of that kind of, I don't know. Looking back now, kind of like letting it soak in a bit. It, I shouldn't have been as surprised as I was that everybody just sort of takes a beating and you know just kind of is like a rough ending. But I don't. I mean, but I guess it's just kind of the way of Corey. The, the way of Corey. This I is mean. Real. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's just kind of the way life is and was, and they're they're not gonna button it up clean and pretty just because it's we a TV show. To, yeah, yeah, and because it makes me feel good at night. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Tyson, you've seen all the episodes. Um, what was you know after after kind of leading up to it, and you know obviously knew where it was headed, but seeing this episode, what yeah. was the reaction for you? Uh, it, I I just thought everything, like you said, stitched together really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love that uh, the conflict that went throughout the whole the whole episode. It was it was a, a beating the whole time. Um, you know the, the way that they mixed in that Vietnam stuff with what was going on in present day, and then how that flavored what people didn't know about Mac's experience and other people in the world. Uh, you know, I thought they knocked it out of the park. I thought so too. And, and uh, you know, we get right into it. Like um, obvi- like I said, there's the Vietnam scene, but immediately, pretty much two minutes in, we cut to the carnival. And uh, poor Olsen. Right? <laughs> he if made was... it this far. <laughs> and just two minutes into it, boom, and just the jaw, the oh, way it did. I thought I was watching That Walking was the Dead. first time I looked yeah. away. <laughs> Not a shocker. Yeah, that was so unexpected because I, I thought for sure it would come at the hands of Mac, you know, because that would have felt, you know, full circle. It would have felt like, uh, I don't know, like you know whatever storytelling wise that would have made sense but nope we're not about making sense we're about truth <laughs> no yeah yeah um so it set us up in that way but uh so let's talk about Olsen like they wrap that up kind of nicely and yet give just a sliver of there could be something for the future obviously because the um the song book mm-hmm. if you will mm-hmm. is, is found at the police station um is this a fitting end to Olsen after all his struggles mm-hmm I mean, 
I I guess yes. I, I'm I'm personally glad that it wasn't at the hand of Mac. Um, I felt like in those final final moments that he was alive that Mac really was kind of like trying to look out for him because I, I think at the end of the day, as much as he's fighting for war, you know, and believes in that and, and has killed kind of on behalf of the greater good and, and something he believes in, I don't think that even though it would solve some of his problems, the detective being killed is exactly Mac's style. Hmm. Let me ask you this, uh, you know, and feel free to jump by either of you that um, wants to answer it. Like, was the way he went about it, Olsen, um, to Mac the right way? Because it just seemed like the dumbest move possible. Like, clearly he's doing something, and all of a sudden you're going to be like, hey, Conway, look around. Like, what was the, where were you headed? Yeah, but I bet from his perspective, right, like he thought he was saving the day. Mm-hmm. Like, this dude's coming here to kill somebody unsuspecting. Because as, as far as Olsen knows, he's a baby killer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's not necessarily killing people that, that deserve it, like what was happening in right. the situation. He, you know, probably came into that thinking that, you know, uh, oh, man, I'm going to save the day. I'm going to be a huge hero. You know, and then he's kind of blindsided from, you, you know, a shotgun. <laughs> you saying that kind of, it's a little bit skipping ahead, but it, it kind of has a, a parallel to what we find out Mac's experience was as far as, you know, they go into this village and, and what they're told as to what they're doing there and why you guys are going in mm-hmm. to to kill and you know and it is a worthy cause like it completely isn't the case you know it's a completely just different situation than what you thought you think you're going in to save the day and you especially you know yeah it's it's a rough one yeah <laughs> but fun least- fact i originally read for tommy did you yeah oh. yeah mm-hmm. that was a well, fun fact at least they, they 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 found they found a different role for you yeah why do you think they uh why, why do you think they picked you for pruitt instead of I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I thought he did an amazing job with it. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes you watch, you know, some, but I thought he knocked it out of the ballpark. I don't think, uh, you know, anybody could have done it better. I thought he killed it. But uh, I'm very uh, stoked to be playing Pruitt. I loved, uh, I fell in love with playing Pruitt. He's a I great think, guy. Is it because is it you, you literally look exactly like Logan? At least Do right I? now. I don't yes. know, the face and the mustache <laughs> and the hair. It, it kind of, it's almost frightening. Is it? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> and you said uh, off air that Logan's one of your best friends, yeah, too. Yeah, Logan's so. one of my good buddies. So you guys just like kind of get, go for the same look? I, I mean, isn't that what happens? Like you become <laughs> like your friends? Isn't that what it, they always you say? That you become the people you hang out with, I guess. I mean, I'm friends with uh, guys and girls, so hopefully I don't start like looking like the girls. You never know. Well, you know, when, when you get a bun on your head like I have, we'll start to worry. Yeah. <laughs> um, absolutely. Um, you know, and, and it's just, you know, I, I was prepared. Like if there was a betting pool of when Olsen would have died, no, at no point would I have selected like three minutes into the episode. Right. That's just crazy. No, I, I in that moment when he kind of first approached Mac, I thought it was going to be more like he was going to cuff him or kind of take him away, and Buddy was going to be left a little bit on his own, or you know, like just I don't know. I just I wasn't expecting, like you said, Detective Olsen to be gone. And, and they kept the mystery alive. You know, the opening shots with with the body being shot in the um, white. There was a lot of speculation. Is that Olsen? You know, is that what we're going to get in the season finale? And obviously it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I like that we sort of got that answered right away. Um, that was cool to see. Um, did you interact um, 
with Olsen's character, with the actor a I lot didn't. on set? No. no, I didn't. I didn't have any. You, you guys were just. Where was that shot? The Vietnam stuff. It was shot. Where were we? Like Lafitte, I want to say that that pops to mind is the city. I may be totally wrong, but it was in the the bayous of of New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe like an hour outside of uh, New Orleans. Was it hot? Oh, dude, <laughs> it was so hot and so humid. I mean, it it uh, it felt like what I think Vietnam is like. I'm sure it was the you know it probably gets a little bit more humid in Vietnam, but it was crazy humid. In the little clip that they played, the end kind of as the I don't know what they call it, but it just, they kind of talk about and break down a little bit of the episode. And they said that each of the actors, um, the soldiers, you guys got to kind of personalize your uniforms mm-hmm. um, because they wanted it to feel like yours and, and sure. to differentiate you all. Yeah. Um, what did you do? Yeah, so it's, it's one of those things, right? Like, as a soldier, the closest thing you're always with is your uniform, right? Your helmet, your... You know, especially back then, not so much now. Like, there's not personalization, you know? It's a different <laughs> yes. army, more or less, a marine, you know, different force. Um, but for me, like, the helmet was a big deal. Because in the research, you know, you see these guys... You can see their personality on their on their uh, helmet. I'm trying to think what I put, I put... I've put in a few pictures on, like, my Instagram and Twitter of, like, what I had. And, uh, I kind of... In retrospect, I wish I had taken that. Um, from set because it's a cool it was a very mm-hmm. cool piece uh, I know on the front I put lover across here because um, in the research I'd seen that and Prue it's a very affected and, and kind person and so I you know I liked that that he would put that about himself and um, I got a pencil a pack of cigarettes and one bullet just in case everything else uh, went to crap um, and then some other great you know witty phrases because Prue was a you know he tried to bring humor to what was around him, you know, um, yeah. and so that 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 showed itself a bit on his helmet. Right. Yeah. It didn't show itself that much later, though. Yeah. <laughs> All the humor went out of him. Yeah. Um, but let's uh, you know, let's backtrack real fast and talk about Buddy. Um, out of all people in the show, um, he was in a way the most endearing, especially the the mother yeah. and slash Buddy scenes. That they were just so much fun to watch, and even today. Um, and then, you know, the ending result is he comes home and he's all bloodied up and she doesn't know what to do with him. Mm. Um, what, I, just so many questions. I mean, first off, who, do you, who who ultimately do you think that even, like, beat him up? Is it is it, is it premeditated or just kind of someone having fun? I'm open to I, answers. I, yeah, I took it a little bit more at random. Mm-hmm. Um, that it was just kind of um, a last or final kind of statement on the time and how, as a country, or, you know, kind of the general population kind of looked at the gay community with this fear and just kind of, like, they're just not understanding and not accepting of it at all. Um, And it was kind of like, I don't know, I just kind of picture they're in a bar, you know, they're somewhere, and Buddy kind of hits on the guy and... The guy, rather than just in the moment, kind of like, get away, you know, queer, whatever words they would use then to to say those kinds of things. You know, he just kind of like took it the opposite and was like, oh, I can have some fun with this, you know, and, and plays into it just enough to kind of get him away and then him and his buddy do that. Do that. Yeah. And I mean, and again, one of the times that I had to look away and it just... I don't know if it's just living in Los Angeles or if it's if it's I don't know what it is, but I just even here because I, I have so many friends that are part of that community, um, gay or straight, that 
I've never seen such hate myself. I've never been uh, been there for it. I mean, thankfully, but so just to kind of see that was just kind of a shocking reminder that 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 is something real that people face, and I'm sure that it still happens today. Um, maybe not to the same extreme, but but in some cases, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, and and just. I don't know. It was a little bit of a testament, like kind of how far we've come, because that's not something I don't think that's would be considered normal today. Thankfully. Mm-hmm. What about? Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, I'd heard Greg say kind of something on this, and it, and it it really shined light on it. He was talking about, and he said that Greg, you know, the director for the yeah, for the director, director, showrunner. Um, he said that it really shined a light on what these people had like where they were pushed off maybe it was michael or graham i can't remember what i was talking about um where these were where these guys were pushed off to in society right so they were forced to go hang out at these these places that were not great so they could you know people were there and could take advantage of them and when you say these guys do you mean gay people yeah like the homosexual community um in general um and so that was just a statement to like how bad it was Mm -hmm. for for them you know um, he's just there trying to live his life, and he gets taken advantage of because of you know the the shoulders of society that he's pushed off to. You know, um, I think for you know um, just to I, I, I'm 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 unsure whether it was premeditated or if it's just kind of just the the, the sign of the times. I think but the it, robbing was definitely premeditated. You know I what I mean? So too, but we, I think it was like any person. Like mm-hmm. it, it, to me, at least, that's how I took it. Is that could have happened to anyone that was there at that time, but they they took advantage of. Buddy, because he was the one that was there. Well, I think for me, you know, especially after seeing this episode, the extent of control that the broker ultimately has is so vast. And seeing, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you know, Buddy looked like death before that scene. You know, the way he was in, like, his face was so pale, and God knows what he was on. And so I think the broker, in some sense, it's not a far stretch for him to know that the Buddy's kind of going through this, and he already asked to be out. Um, last episode, and so, you know, this could be him just tying up the broker, tying up loose ends mm-hmm. through Buddy, and knowing that he's just going to go rogue. Uh, I mean, so much the fact that uh, it's Mac that takes the the shotgun away from him because he's you know going rogue with it already. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, Mac's bad enough, but he doesn't cross that line. Um, and so, you know, at this point, he, he the bro, he's someone that the broker can't control, and it's time to get rid of him. And that, to me, is a mm. lot more scarier. Mm. So, well, yeah. yeah so, but again, I, I don't. I, I, I see both sides of the argument. I think you know, it just depends which way you want to interpret it. So, uh, for those of you at home, I'd love to hear your opinion on that. Mm. Um, I guess the last question: uh, Does is he alive or is he dead? Until I see a body, I never <laughs> believe dead. Alive. Because I used to think I thought I didn't even think we'd see him. You know, let alone oh, like after, that. Yeah, true. I, I thought you know they'll just leave it at the beating, and we're left wondering what? if he's de- and the fact that he's already now made it back. At least he has some hope. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, and, and his body, I wanted to live. Yeah. Absolutely. That's great. <laughs> um, any inside stories that um on on the actor of Buddy that, that I didn't get to work with Damon at all. Um. It, the Vietnam stuff, we were like, it was amazing because it was like, you know, you get to spend all your time with those guys. So it was like a real camaraderie. Mm-hmm. Um, but the downside of that is that we, you know, you didn't get to you're be around to work. You know, you're kind of isolated from it. So, Got it. Um, 
Well, something that another big shocker, Moses. Uh, so, you know, for those of you who obviously listen to every show, we, we've spoken with um, uh, well, Moses. <laughs> I always like on their real names. But, um, you know, I, th- I think that was two episodes ago at this point. Um, and we asked him, like, you know, is Moses a good guy? And, you know, he jokingly, and at this point, like, almost, I want to say sadistically said, like, just watch. <laughs> and, oh, boy. Um that was, you know, uh, for him to completely just be on his mission and, and uh, at no point really have any feelings towards Marcus or Ruth. Well, at least that's the way I interpret it. If you guys feel any different, please let me know and why. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, just, just seeing him the, it kind of explain to Marcus of what's going to happen if he says anything. Yeah. Um, to, you know, I don't know, like. Did you guys see it going this way? Because I sure didn't. No, I didn't. I mean, it became clear that... Um, oh my gosh, now I just blanked on his name. Moses? No, no, no. Marcus. Marcus, thank you. Um, found the money. And so I wondered kind of how that would play out, but... Smart move by Marcus? Like, see, that's the thing. Whenever you come into money, you gotta... Yeah. You can't can't do that you got to spend within your means of what you've always been spending like and and it's but i mean i don't know if i was that young and i came into that kind of money i i don't even know if i would have been as good at hiding it as he did you know you know what i mean like that's that's a lot of money and for him to have you know he bought his mom flowers he's like fixing stuff and he's got a story that could add up or you know i mean i don't think I don't think Ruth had any... No. Like, hesitate. You know, I don't think she had any clue that, like... I don't think she thought he was stealing money. I don't think she was really, like... Oh, my gosh. Like, where? Like this is a lot of money. Like, where are you coming up with all this money? You know, like, he was spending it but Marcus, slowly enough. But Marcus, but Marcus knew is, that people were looking for the money. Right. And so I think that's... So that's oh. where you have to be really careful. He knew that... Uh, okay. Joni ah, was looking for the money. Mm-hmm. And therefore, if you That's know someone's true. looking for it, it's you know you got to be really careful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he obviously didn't think Moses was also one of those people. <laughs> I mean. It's a very Hitchcock method of, <laughs> yeah. of, of you know uh, the villain doesn't kick the dog; he pets the dog. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And that's Moses to a T. Yeah. He be, he befriended the kid. Yeah. I mean, I was a little excited. I will admit, before that happened, that Ruth was gonna get some i mean he was excited he was gonna get some (laughs) and i was actually surprised knowing what we know that he you know when she was like no no no, like i'm not ready like let's just cuddle basically that he wasn't just like no no no, i'm gonna go home you know that he like you said like but he he had the plan his whole plan from the get-go was okay you know like it would have been a benefit like oh a bonus that he gets laid but now by by cuddling now i can go up to the kid I guess. He's a very smart man. I hadn't man. thought yeah. of that. I'm not as smart as him. <laughs> I would have totally got roofed. I would have been the one, like... That you were going to say roofied. Oh, no, not roofied. No, roofed, like... I get what you're played. saying. Yeah. Yeah. So... I, I, I give her a lot of credit. I mean, that... Fit, for her, I mean, you know, as an actress, the way her face came when she didn't see him in the crowd because he's been conditioned to mm-hmm. see him and, mm-hmm. and she walks out and she's like, okay... 
you know, I'm going to put on my brave face. That was, uh, I thought, very powerful scene from her. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Very well played. All, I, all of the acting, which I th- think we've said from the beginning, stellar. I mean, for me, watching um, anything, a movie, a t- television show, even a sitcom, like, for me, like, the acting kind of comes first. Like, you can frame it well and you can have a pretty picture, but if you don't have people truthfully telling the story... Yeah. She did a great job. You know? Mm-hmm. So. Very good job. Ah, oh, we were all duped. <laughs> we were all duped by Moses. That's all I have to say about that. The only uh, question that's left hanging... Um, is does he keep the money or does he give it back to the broker? No. I Any think he thoughts? keeps it. I think he keeps it. it. Yeah. And starts a band. Yeah. <laughs> Studio time. Yeah. There you go. Maybe. I mean, that's that's his life's dream. It's it, you know maybe he stupidly thinks he can get out. You know, just like Buddy thought he could get out, and you know even Mac to a degree thought he could get out, mm-hmm. but nope, sucks you back in. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. Before we uh, let's talk about Joni. Um, and then we'll start to get into the Vietnam stuff, which is the bulk of it. Um, you know, I, I got to give credit to Joni. Like, you know, we, we, we weren't so nice to her initially. Um, <laughs> really? Well, no, because think that like she was a cheating. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, she's cheating yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she's, yeah. You know, I mean, she didn't really give us indication. Pilot, to yeah. Sure. Um, but, you know, now I really give her a lot of credit because she's trying to fit, really help him. And she is on mm. his side. Yes. And I think you really see, you know, they go to his parents or his dad's and new mm-hmm. wife, Susan, and she's totally defending him, you know, and, and she says to to um, Mac's dad, like, we weren't there. Like, you weren't there. I wasn't there. Like, and it for me, I don't know, dating somebody that's in the military, that especially knowing that at that time in the world, we didn't know what we know now about um, PSD. Post-traumatic PTSD. P- thank you. PTSD and and just all of the things that happen when you fight in a war um, that are not physically seen. Um, it was... I, for me, that was really powerful that it was just kind of like, you do have a role in his being at war and um, you you failed him. Um, well, well, you know, um, you know, kind of in talking about Mac... Ha- how did you guys approach it? Because obviously, you know, to that point, um, you know, culturally, and I just think even still to this day, like, it's a lot easier for us to assess physical problems rather than mental yeah. problems sure. because, like, you can't see a mental problem, and so it's you just dismiss it, mm-hmm. which is what they were doing. But in terms of the Vietnam, you, you know, Pru is very much psychologically conflicted. So, yeah. you know, what sort of, I don't know, education, for lack of a better term, did you guys get going into that stuff for um, the show? Well, I mean, you always jump into a ton of research, right? And luckily in Vietnam, it was really, I, I, you know, they say a lot of the negative outlook on it was because of there was so much media attention. So there's no lack of uh, material out there for you to be able to really look at and study. Um, and for me, it was seeing, uh, it's always through the character's eye, right? So it's like firsthand, what are, what are they, as opposed to like a bigger scientific view of like, what is, you know, what creates this? And then what's it, no, what are you going through? And then what does that equal? Um, and so for me, uh, it was all in studying and seeing kind of uh, what these guys went through over there. And, and you know, reading a lot of literature, I read a book uh, called uh, The Stuff They Carry, The Things They Carry. I read uh, another oh, book. Oh, yeah, called, it's a very famous book. Yeah, it's a very famous book, mm-hmm. uh, Tiger Force, uh, mm-hmm. which is another one about a, um, a unit that kind of goes rogue in Vietnam. Um, I watched like 
so many Vietnam documentaries, you, you know, days and days worth. A particular one on uh, the My Lai Massacre, which is um, Quan Thang kind of, they're not identical. exact identical, but they kind of mirror um, each other. Um, and just to see, uh, like, you know, how how realistically they could step into that situation um, mm-hmm. was kind of my goal for it. Got it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it, it's it was that that scene at the VA's office was again. Uh, oh. I thought I thought very well done overall. At, at their fun. house, like how well written. Whenever I was watching, like, and and she just goes, no, 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 hold on. You said like we won't tell them about the pool. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that, like the writing on that, the character on that, mm-hmm. the way that everyone performed that scene. That scene was incredible. I, I remember watching that and just yeah. being like, woof. Yeah, <laughs> well, that, that's what I mean. Like you see her now trying to like restitute for having failed Mac in those mo- like emotionally and just not being there for him because now she sees how broken he actually is. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean I I get when you know the the guy at the VA's office is like does he have all his arms? Does he have all his legs? Like you know so it's like mm-hmm. yeah on one hand he's got that, you know and and who wouldn't be grateful for that coming out of war, but that doesn't mean he doesn't need help and that there isn't more to be done. Um, Cause that in the research, that was very much the mentality, right? It's like, do you have all your fingers, toes, legs, arms? Okay. Yeah. You're fine. Go home. Yeah. You know like, I mean? Oh, you because have seven fingers. Well, he only has four. So t- totally. And there's, you, there him. was such an outcry and need for help. You know what I mean? That I, I mean, even looking at it from the VA standpoint, it was so you know you're inundated with this. You know, they just mm-hmm. didn't have the funds to you know take care of these guys or the understanding, like you said, you know, for the mental aspect of what really happened. Yeah, and, and even just uh, I, I thought they played that so well. I, I love when they add the backdrop of actual history. So you know, and and how awesome that it's so timely to the election that's about mm-hmm. to happen, right? Um, but just the you know, we're gonna close it down the VA um, office two hours so the employees can go vote. Yeah, and. That's a noble thing because obviously you want people to be able to vote, but at the same time, all, all the veterans are like, "Wait, that's two hours less, and we're already not getting the help that we need." And so it's just very, very sad to see in that yeah. respect mm-hmm. and think about. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, um, all right, let's uh, let's dive into Vietnam. But before we dive in, um, I want to tell you about. Um, we've been telling you a lot about uh, great supporters of the show, and one of the um, advertisers this week that we have is called Me Undies. Um, so picture the world where putting on a new pair of underwear isn't just fresh. You're stepping into a better day. Think about it. Underwear is the first thing you put on and last thing you take off, hopefully. Um, why would you settle for anything less than uh, the best-feeling underwear on the planet? Uh, Me Undies focuses solely on um, producing the most comfortable underwear you've ever experienced. Um, and for the price of two cocktails, Me Undies will deliver your new favorite pair of underwear right to your doorstep. Um, better day guarantee. Try them on, and if they're not the most comfortable, best feeling um, undies you've ever had, then they'll refund you, and you get to keep the first pair for free. So hey, get to try it out. There, uh, these uber cozy undies are sold exclusively on Me Undies website, where you'll enjoy free shipping in U.S. and Canada. For a limited time, everyone in our audience gets 20% off your first order, but you have to go to a special URL, and that's meundies.com/comfort. With MeUndies, better day is guaranteed, you know, so you have nothing to lose. Don't wait. Go to MeUndies.com slash comfort and get 20% off your first order. Who doesn't want comfort? Right? I don't know. That just made Who's me that? think of the final scene, like Mac when he strips down to his undies. <laughs> yeah, got it. And runs right. out and swims. 
Yeah. They have cool colors. I've seen some of their social media actually. And the it's women's campaigns. Yeah. There's no. some there's some I, women. I have not yet bought, but maybe with a twenty percent discount. See, I'll you just need it. a little incentive. <laughs> I <for> did. <laughs> um <laughs> all right. So uh the, com- the complete the- opposite of comfort is <laughs> Vietnam. <laughs> wah, wah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we, we so much to talk about. Um, you know, this whole thing rigged. I, I don't know. I, I just have to start at the end, and we'll kind of backtrack yeah, yeah. because the fact yeah. that the brokers behind this crap, Man. oh, for the for heroin, yeah, yeah. for heroin, he is uh, he's scarier than I ever anticipated. Yes. Um. This, this, there was a part of me, and I think it's just the naive, you know, just like wanting to just think everybody's like good. You know, it's like he sees the heroin. I was like, oh, he didn't want the Vietnamese to be able to sell it. So he wanted to have it so that it didn't get turned into heroin. That's what you thought? <laughs> no, 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 not for real. But it was one of those where it was like. Oh, he just wants to make poppy seed bagels. That's yeah, why he that's why he's back there getting all that. No, yeah. I know that's not what he was actually doing. But I'm just saying, like, there's a part of my brain that's just like. He can't, like, it's too scary. He can't really be that bad. So, like, it's got to be this other thing that isn't real, but sounds nice and pretty. No. That, <laughs> that to me, doesn't even sound pretty. The fact that he would... Well, no, I agree, but... Oh, my God. Um, no, he, scary. It is scary. Scary. Like, and it's like, if that, you know, it's like he said he hadn't voted in how long? Like, since Truman? Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of like... Is this the first? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Like, where else are there drugs? What else is you know what I mean? Like, well, it makes oh. it makes you think. Um, and again, I, I, we'll we'll go back to the Vietnam specifically. But um, like with uh, Cliff, did he set up Cliff? There's no client. I don't think that's just him manipulating Mac. Be like, mm-hmm. okay, your wife's totally. sleeping with Cliff. We need to off him. Find out for yourself and do it. And that that's to me what happened. Um, there was no real reason to kill Cliff. Um, but in terms of Vietnam, what, what I uh, kind of appreciated, and I would love your perspective on it, was how uh, – well, you call him Thur- Thurston? Yeah. We call him just Captain James yeah, yeah. Um, because that's what he kept being referenced as outside of Vietnam. But uh, the fact that he was able to sort of hide this and manipulate you guys, and you guys, to, to your guys' credit, felt something was off, but, obvi- you know, um, well – how did you guys talk about it? Because obviously it's, it's tough to be in a position where your commanding officer is saying, no, go do this. Mm-hmm. And especially for you, mm-hmm. which we have to talk about, um, but you don't want to. Sure. Um, so in the we, we were, had a great uh, Vietnam guy who just knew everything about Vietnam. Vietnam reference. Mm-hmm. What's, what, what's like a historian? Right? Yeah, well, not as he was in Vietnam. Oh, um, like he so was. He was a vet himself. Yeah, he, he was okay. a vet himself, okay. and he, you know, any question we had about Vietnam, um, mm-hmm. he would bring up. And so my character in particular was an RTO. He's a radio operator. So he was the guy back then. That's mm-hmm. what's on my back, like the whole time. They call in, and Thurston would be the one to do that. So you would be tethered more or less to a radio guy. So I was kind of Thurston's guy for that. Um, and then, uh, sorry, what was the question? I, I guess the question was, you know, how, how did he what, pull what, all this together? How that did, yeah, of? that and how do you, how, how do you as a soldier, you know, especially for you, where you're conflicted of, okay, there's protocol versus like, I, I think there's something wrong in this situation. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think a, a, 
whenever you're in wartime like that, Vietnam was very much like you do what the commanding officer says, or you know there might be a grenade in your sleeping bag when you're sleeping. You know mm-hmm. that was some very real thought, especially with a guy like Thurston. You know mm-hmm. that's what you think is like whenever he, you know, in that scene, whenever he's like, if you don't do this right now, I'll kill you. Like that's not an empty threat. That's not like somebody being like, oh man, I'm gonna kill you. No, he was really saying, if you don't do this, I will kill you. You're, you're, and he he would have exactly. Yeah, um, it was not an, an empty threat, and and I think along with also um, having that ingrained mentality in the military of like following orders, following what you're told to do, trusting that it's all going for a greater good. You may not understand what like the need to know basis. Exactly, you, you, just you may don't. not exactly. You may not understand why you're doing something, but it's for you know X, Y, and Z that it leads to this, and that's you know what I mean, supporting the effort. Well, and that kind of goes back to the conversation that Mac and Thurston had where he's like, you believe what we're, you know, you believe you came out here, it's your second tour, you believe what we're doing. And it's like, well, do you believe in basically not fighting the enemy, but fighting people that will save thousands of lives? And it's like, well, yeah, you know, but you get in that moment and it's a very big gray area now because yeah. it's a fishing village, you know, turns out it's a fishing village. Sure. But it's one of those things too, where like, you know, in that particular scene like i mean i don't know if you like the the whenever we ended up doing that like for so we rehearsed it for like a full day i mean Mm -hmm. we were just ran through it and then you know before that we had kind of like you know on paper like you know they had full models that Mm -hmm. you know we'd kind of look through it we rehearsed it for a full day and i remember the first time that we did it with special effects everything you see there is minus the the planes everything else was practical Everything else was completely practical. They had to reload it. We were all shooting blanks. Everyone, there was no, it was all practical. And I remember that first take when all that went off, just like blanking. Like I could see how, you know, you watch more movies and you just Mm. see the guy like sitting there and you're like, dude, what are you doing? Like run, do something. Anything. (laughs) It is so insanely, like this is one one millionth of what really would go Mm -hmm. on in these situations, you know, or, or, you know, what these guys went through. But, just having that sensory overload was incredible. I mean, if we hadn't rehearsed it for so long and you knew where you had to hit, what you had to say, where you had to be, it would have been that where it's like, well, and I think that's ingrained in soldiers, right? So whenever you get there, we're attacking this village. This is happening. You just go back into like what you're, you know, what you've been taught and trained. And Yeah. Well, I was going to say, and even still from that little bit of footage that they talk about at the end of every episode, they, you know, um, you see Logan in one of the clips kind of say, yeah, like, it's seven minutes of uncut in the war because you don't get breaks in war. And so they didn't, they intentionally shot this as, like, one seven-minute clip. Or, I mean... Yeah, I, I think um, the full thing's nine and a half. I mean, there's, there's yeah. a... There's you you a said that they, like, cut to the planes. And um, so it's... But he talks to me, he's like, so if one person has a misstep, you're starting the whole sequence over, the entire war over. I will never forget the line. I only had one line of dialogue in that in that thing, and I will never forget that line of dialogue. <laughs> Did anyone, uh, you don't have to call them out, but was there any particular person that kept messing up or that ruined? Not really. I mean, it's just insane, so on it. like everybody was nailing it, you know mm-hmm. I mean? Um, you look in that final, uh, what was on screen too. Whenever he goes to shoot uh, the Black Blur, that is, I think that was the character's name, the um, guy that j- j- goes down in the hole, he his gun jams, and you see Logan go with it. His gun really jammed, 
Mm-hmm. Like he that's in this like that's at the end of that seven and a half minutes, and he goes with it, and it adds to it because that's the realism yeah. of being in war, right? Is like stuff's it, not always going how you want, and Logan's such a great actor that he just went with it and it flavored that scene even better. Yeah, he didn't yeah. stop and be like, "All right, starting over." Yeah, no, he didn't <laughs> just like, like turn around like, "Okay, guys, go back to the beginning." You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and imagine if he had. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, like what what that you lose that that shot and, totally and quickly as an actor especially with today's technology i mean how often are you able to shoot when he says practical just to, to clarify that means no green screens everything you see the actors really saw and experienced and got to have which uh isn't very common anymore especially for a scene of that capacity um, yeah, it was. Uh, so, it, like I said, it was complete sensory overload. Whenever you have, you're hearing the real bullets, oh, like in the explosions, and like you're that's... shooting. I mean, like <laughs> yeah. you're not just watching; you're like a part of it. Yeah. Like you're a piece of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, yeah, they had all of us Marines. We all had mag. You know, we all had like I don't remember like two or three magazines that we had to like load and reload ourselves during the mm-hmm. thing. They had like a machine gun set up, flamethrowers, huts on fire, people on fire, napalm drop. I mean, it was. It was incredible. I mean, I you know the stunt guys were all like, "Man, I don't. We've never. This is yeah. This no, is awesome." That's to to kind of that point. Like for the show, I mean, and they talked about they wanted it to be that real. They one of the guys that might have been the director um, said, "You know, we wanted a vet that fought in Vietnam to mm-hmm. watch this and have it stand up. Yeah, they wanted it to the village to look like it. They wanted everything to feel and look the way that." It did for them yeah. and for you guys. I mean, yeah, and, and, as an I mean, actor, we tried that's such a really, treat. we tried really hard to fulfill that. I mean, like you know, we we wanted to be um, as honest and truthful, you know, as it was back. And they're down to like, okay, what do you do with your dog tag? Oh, he's like, you don't swing your dog tag. Like we duct taped them because they cling together. If you don't, you know, like little things like that that you don't, you know, you don't necessarily know. And it was like I said, it was great being able to be with all those guys just to be able to build that camaraderie. Um, I mean, by the end, we all, you know, we all had uh, nicknames for each other. Some of them even made the cut. Like, you know, like th- we, you'd come up with nicknames yeah. for each other for different stuff. And it was it was pretty cool. Pretty special. Um, talk about that that moment where you had to, you know, shoot the supposed VC. Um, and he, is he talking to English to you? Because it was, it was a little bit indistinct. But, like, is he trying to convince you to not do it? No, I, I mean, that's that's what he's doing. Not in English. I mean, mm-hmm. he didn't, you know. Um, he couldn't speak English. Um, the the actor, I believe, could, but I mean, of course, that character yeah. couldn't. Right. Um, I watch it with subtitles, so that's why. Oh, it came <laughs> across. Know, yeah, so it said like, please, please don't no shoot hurt. me. Oh, did so, it really? Yeah. yeah. So, so, so it was like, and he. Oh, was, really? He that's was, that's interesting. The act, you know, in the scene, he was so quiet that it was like, oh, is he saying? Yeah. Is he speaking English? Like, does he know enough English? And but. You saying that now, it's like, this is a fishing village yeah, in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, it's a tiny fishing village. <laughs> yeah. Like, the likelihood that the one guy that is still alive speaks English is yeah. not it's pretty, likely. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> what, what was the question again? I'm sorry. Uh, the, the question was, I mean, you know, just how do you approach that scene, I guess? Sure. Because, uh, you know, they played that so well. Oh. Um, and you did. They say Thank they, you. including you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, um, they, uh, Michael and Graham... Um, just wrote that scene amazing you know i mean uh, uh, whenever you have such great writing like that you got to show up as an actor you know mm-hmm. um but it's so it's so well written that it, it makes your job pretty easy uh, what, what i liked about it right was um just even film wise you know we're kind of taken into the scene where mac turns to you and it's almost like you sort of become mac hmm. 
because um, he's seeing, wow, this could have been me. I totally, you know, and I get what you know your character's going through. And then we're taking out of that scene, same way where Mac turns away. Hmm. And I really like that mm-hmm. sort of touch. Yeah, yeah. It uh, w- Greg really gave me some great references there and some great direction with that. And that uh, that scene was a tough. That scene was a tough one. I remember that it got sent over um, a few days before. Um, we did it. I remember reading it and being like, "Like that's the stuff you dream of doing as an act. Like that's the deep yeah. stuff." And then you get into the meat of it, and it just you know breaks your heart. It's a it's a tough day on set, but it's, it's if that's a, if that doesn't up. play, a lot of the you know what I mean. If it didn't work, then then a lot of the weight is lost. Sure, um, mm-hmm. you know because you can have the great you know action scene that we talked about, but but that moment. Well, is, and that's the gravity of 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 what what I said about Prude is he's a very kind and genteel guy. Like, he's not a warrior. Like, he's in war, but he's not Mac. Like, he's not the guy, like, leading the charge and doing that, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so that moment for him is very, very, um, very influential on, on his life. You know, he'll be living with that for, you know, the rest of his life, that, that re- living and reliving that moment over and over. Um, and so I, I just wanted to make sure to give that moment that weight. You know, um, because a lot, you know, a lot of moments that we get like that in our everyday lives, we don't recognize them. Right. Like mm-hmm. you don't you don't get that moment to do it. And so there is something to that. Right. He's just trying to survive and live in that moment um, of that. So, yeah, it was it was great. That was that was it came off fantastic. Cheers. Really Thank you. Um, let's talk about James, because, as I said, I don't think there's no coincidence anymore in, in the core world for me. James <laughs> showing up there at that bar. That's total not setup, a yeah. total setup, and and the broker knows exactly what Mac's gonna do upon seeing him. It's just gonna take a little bit of time, mm-hmm. just like uh, the Joker said. All it needs is a little push, <laughs> and and uh, yeah, we we I mean it, it comes full circle. We find out who the the man in the white shirt in the river is, and that's James. Yeah, I didn't even get that. I, I guess it makes sense that nobody knew. Like that, that was Maddie Nable. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's funny how you get, like, tank- whenever you know mm-hmm. the players, you're like, oh, there's Matt, and that's a big, you know what I mean? But it didn't even strike me that, like, people had no clue. That was the world's biggest yeah. mystery. Yeah, you know what I mean? Was. Like, nobody yeah. knew who he was. Right. And, yeah. and so it's it's so funny how you get, you know, tainted with, like, knowing the characters and knowing, you know, who people mm-hmm. are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that's uh, that's been a fan favorite to try to figure out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Every week. Because it's what we're, you know, it's, yeah, you it's see the it. first thing and then pretty True. much almost the last yeah. thing we yeah. end with. Yeah. So it was the last bad guy we got to kill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, you know, uh, I guess let's, let's talk about Corey kind of, or Mac, um, now sort of staying in the game. Uh, because the, the number one question for me is like, what's Joni got to say about this? <laughs> Once he returns see, home, what's he going to say? I... I'm still not 100% sold that he stays. I mean, I know you, you see the bag and he pulls the You don't the accept gun. money like that and then be like, oh, sorry, I don't want it. I, I'm just saying. I know, I know, I know. I just, yeah, Johnny's not going to be very happy. <laughs> no. It's it's funny. My uh, I talked to my parents afterwards and uh, my, my dad had watched it. Mom, and my mom goes, whose name's on that thing? Do you know whose name's on that piece of paper? I was like, mom, can't tell you. Can't tell you uh. the first thing. That was so funny. That was like her first thing was like she wanted to know like the Who's at next? the end of the top kit, like who they were going after next. That's yeah. funny. I mean, that was uh and I thought for sure like, you know, I, I thought the scene played out really well, uh very symbolic that they meet in the quarry. Yes. Um 
And I, I, I thought for sure, as soon as he opened that card, he was like, all right, fine, let me go do it. But to, to have him be like, hey, what does a guy like you vote for? And the broker slowly manipulating that scene into getting him to take the money. Yes. That was I, well played. Really well played. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I have to commend the show. I think, you know, I do want a season two. We've left enough mystery yeah. where, where um, I want a season two. I think Pruitt makes it in season two. Yeah. yeah we got to recruit. You know, I think, you know, unfortunately, Buddy might be on the out from the broker. <laughs> Why should be Buddy on that name? I think that, could you imagine? Would Matt go for that? Um, why don't we, uh, with that, no why don't we get way. into predictions oh. for possibly the, a season two? Oh, by the way, I didn't ask you this. Did, have you read the books? Uh, I've read some of them, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah? Did, yeah? did you read them in order or just kind of skipped around? I just kind of skipped around. It was a little tough for me to find the or Like, I stumbled on the one. I think yeah. I read the I, I read the original, like, Corey, whatever, uh, the first one first, and then I kind of skipped around from yeah. in there. Um, I've read quite a few of them. What would you good bre- a kind of good representation of what the books are to the TV show or some? Yeah, I, like, I think it flavors the TV. They're definitely, you know, they're, it's not like, uh, you know, this book is, you know, mm-hmm. X chapters or whatnot, right. but uh, I mean the character that Max um, Alan Collins, who wrote the Quarry novels, wrote is you know a crazy complex character that you know I feel like uh, Logan embodies amazingly. I think that you know that that character is well and alive in uh, in the Quarry of the TV show. Got it. Well, in terms of predict, so uh, we kind of discussed it, but Moses does he keep the money or does he? Take I think he keeps it. Okay. Yeah. What I about think he you? Keeps it. Keeps no it. comment on, on predictions. What? <laughs> Nothing's been written. We don't even know if there is a season two. You can predict the way. Okay, fine, fine. Um, all right. Yeah, so. that's what we think, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's well, like there's no script. Uh-huh. All we know is Max going to continue uh, continue killing on. So, all right. Well, there you have it. There's the uh, the season one of Quarry, um, and that wraps us up. So, thank you guys for a wonderful season, um, and thank you to Cinemark and or Cinemax, and uh, obviously you, and all Cheers. the rest of the actors for for a wonderful season. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's been fun to and watch. There has to be a season two so we can get Logan in here. I know. Um, where can people find you and follow more of your stuff? Uh, I guess just on Twitter. It's just that Tyson Sullivan. Easy enough. That's it. Very simple name. Very simple uh, Very simple guy. And Courtney. <laughs> As always, you can find me on Instagram or Twitter at Cohen, C-O-U-H-E-N. And follow us here at AfterBuzz TV, and uh, we'll keep you updated uh, if there's news of a season two, which we hope there is. Um, and by the way, you know, one of the best things, like in the social media age that we live in, just tweet, tweet at, uh, yep. tweet at uh, you know, let people know that you're watching the show, that you like the show, and it does, you that's know. The, that's the biggest thing you can do for it is yeah. if you tweet about it, you uh, tweet at Cinemax, tweet at, you know, your friends, tweet, you know, hashtag Corey, and I mean, that's, that's the biggest thing that people can do. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you guys for a great season, and let us know your comments. Let us know your theories. Obviously, a lot still left on the table, um, so lots to discuss before hopefully another season two. Bye. Bye. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, see you later. 
The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.